Welcome to the first of two introductions for this podcast. We recorded it a few days ago, Six Mania Podcast. I'm your host, Will Coffrin. Uh, just solo right here for now because we recorded this a few days ago and uh, recorded this Monday. And since then, there's been some heart and developments. Uh, nothing too crazy. The rest of the pod still stands as is and, and is very applicable. Uh, it doesn't change my thoughts too much, but I thought it would be a little strange to release the podcast without addressing it. Therefore, uh, just going to do a few minutes on this. Uh, Harden, of course, showed up at the practice facility out of nowhere after being away from the team in Houston. There was a report that came, I say report in uh, quotation marks uh, from Scoopy. He's not really a reporter uh, or whatever. It maybe maybe it's truthful. Maybe it's not. Anyway, uh, he reported that Harden was in Houston dealing with his uh, sick mother, which I'm not going to speculate on that, uh, but of course, if that is the case, uh, tough situation, of course, hoping for the best there. However, Harden did show back up to Camden uh, with apparently his bags packed to go to Milwaukee, and the Sixers did not want him to join them. So obviously, an interesting development because it seems like the Sixers, if this were Simmons, it seems like we would have embraced him. I think the Harden thing, they're they're... They're just going about it a little differently. If Harden, this time we have Harden saying, I'm going to play, and he's not doing it. So I don't know what why the Sixers didn't. I I, I get it. Like you don't want a guy who just just to show up and start playing. However, you don't want to sour the relationship more. And maybe maybe Harden doesn't really want to play. I mean, kind of seems that way. But I don't think they should encourage him. This could be like the gateway of him sitting out after this. Um, he's gonna miss the Milwaukee Toronto road trip and then uh, presumably be back for the home opener. It, it still remains unclear. It's of course a very murky situation, um, but they're trying to ramp him up, which is just crazy that they're ramping him up considering this man was never injured, uh, but ramping up for live action. And then I guess starting as soon as possible is, is what the reports are saying, but who really knows? Um, I mean, we talked about Harden briefly in the podcast uh, with Sam uh, of clutch points, of course, but um, doesn't really change my mind. I don't think he's going to play that many games here. I think he's going to be traded before the deadline. Um, the Clippers, the other news that came out because of that was that the Clippers are, are sort of done with their hard package. But it's like, it's like, and Sam had this tweet too. It said that they had their final package, but it really just seems like it's their final package because they're competing against nobody. It's not, they, they could do better, but they're not going to bid up against themselves. Um, which is understandable from the Clippers' point of view. However, if you do think that jeopardizes your chance at Harden, and if they do think Harden's the missing piece, it seems a little strange that they're, you know, uh, holding out over a few picks. So, I understand. I'm I'm not. I'm very clearly not a Harden guy. I wouldn't trade for him at all if I were the Clippers. But but I'm basing this off of the standpoint that they apparently believe in Harden, or at least the players around them do. I don't know if this is more of a Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Russell Westbrook motivated deal. Um, but that that's what's going on. So I don't know what Harden's going to look like. It's probably going to be not very good. I mean, he is quote unquote, once again, ramping up for activity. He should be fine. There's no reason to think not to fine. Of course, being how he was last year, but this, this is, this situation is not getting any clear. It's not like this is a clear resolution. This wasn't, maybe it was progress, but this isn't going to work out very well for the Sixers still nonetheless so that's my main takeaway uh of course the rest of the pot stands but I'm not going to take too much more this time soloing 
Uh, we also talk about the Phillies briefly, which we knew when we knew I knew I was releasing this a day or two later. Uh, of course, that was heartbreaking. So uh, if you would like to skip the first five minutes we spent on the Phillies, feel free, because I'm going to be honest, I know I would. So, um, but uh, and that was, of course, after game six, we we still believe that there was a game seven shot. So uh, without further ado, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, get ready to listen to the portion with Sam Giovanni, of course, of Clutch Points. Uh, he's got a lot of great insight. So it was a very good pod and a good time. Did not get to his takes, however, at the end because we ran a little long. So, um, on to part two. Welcome to the Sixers Mania podcast. I'm your host, Will Coffrin. Joining me to preview the Philadelphia 76ers season, Sam Giovanni, beat writer for the Sixers at Clutch Points. Sam, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing super great. Uh, no spirits were shot by any baseball playoff, playoff baseball game I might have just watched. Nothing of the sorts. Um, just so happy about basketball and not distraught about any game sevens that might need to not happen. I mean, we've seen a Philly team, you know, have a series evened up, win a huge game five on the road, come back home and lose in a crushing game six. But we, as we know, they go on to win game seven. every time. Always, 100% of the time. Always. Nothing crazy happens in that game seven either. Well, no, Sam, they do not roll over and die. They just don't. Right, 100%. Let's, um, you know, you and the audience, of course, are referring to the Phillies just lost yeah. game six. Let's cheer everyone up by talking about Sixers basketball, baby. Oh, yes. The absolutely. hottest team in town. Everyone is so excited for the Sixers. So right. let's jump right in. <laughs> right. Uh, I will say, uh, you know, not Phillies mania, but I mean, that, that loss was tough. I still think they're going to win the next game. I do so, as well. No, it, but it was tough to not win that one at home with Nola going. And looking lost half the game. Nola eventually settled in, had that one terrible inning, but looked fine. And the offense just shit itself. Looked yeah. terrible. Can't, you, can't win, you can't win with one run. So. No, you cannot. I mean, uh, I do think. When I, I'm, I'm Honestly, the Phillies are more important, so I don't care if we spend the first five minutes on, on the Phillies. They're getting yeah. further than the Sixers will this year. No, I mean, spoiler, I guess I don't think the Sixers are going very far. The, I, I do think Bohm batting, I, I do like Rob Thompson, but Bohm batting near Bryce is... Bryce, is the rough. fact that that hasn't changed yet is very unfortunate. And like, JT's been hot recently. And yeah, move JT even up. If he hasn't been like, yeah, move JT up to four. Like, it's tough that they don't have another like, great lefty at five to take out Stott. I mean, my boy, you're, you're the guy you don't like, Marsh. Yeah. Maybe. I, I, I mean, mean, Marsh, it's hard not to... maybe. He's been good, though. Yeah. No, right. I'm saying, like, it would be very bold to move him all the way up to five. I no, I, I agree. Stott. I would still keep Stott, and that's yeah, but there, gotta, but but Boom, I can't bone. do. Even yeah. if he did Cassianos, who I also don't like yeah yeah he would be rough but at least there's a potential to if bryce gets on via walk then nick can hit them both home because he's got that power nick just like he uh bone looks lost cassianos is just back to swing it's funny he had two hits tonight and he and not to say that they were great but he i agree he does look lost he also is actually the slowest human being i've ever seen in my life there is no sneaky athleticism on no no, The, the exact opposite. <laughs> yes. Um, Ranger on the mound, first game seven in Phil's history. 
very confident in him. I don't think Brandon Fott will shove again, but I, who the hell I knows? agree. But I he mean, was incredible. Yeah, he was absolutely sensational. So. Yeah. Anyway, all right. That's I guess I'm Philly stuff. But uh, anyway, yeah, Sixers. Big news, Montrez Harrell. We're gonna spend the entire hour on that. Um, yep. No, no, nothing else of note going on in Sixers land right now. Uh, of course, we wave Montrez Harrell, which I do think was good news, not just given everything I've said about Montrez Harrell. However, I thought, and we'll talk about preseason basketball. I, I still think Bamba, the idea of Bamba, even if, if him being a Boucher clone, is better, and then giving Petrushev a shot, who has looked has had some bright spots. Well, I guess in the last game, mostly. Um, he's had some good good moments in the, pre- in the preseason. So I thought that was a positive sign. They were, of course, over the roster limit. They shouldn't have cut Danny Green because they, they didn't. Not to say that they did. That might have sounded misleading. Uh, Danny Green has looked great in the preseason. Honestly, looks better than he did all of last year. So um, yeah. I don't know. What are your thoughts on the Trez thing? I thought it was a tough decision, uh, but it, it was obviously the right one. Like, there's the, you know, they don't know when he's going to come back, and they don't know how he's going to look after he comes back. So I, I was thinking the other day if they would make that decision of tell, go to Trez and be like, hey, we'll help you out with your rehab and whatever, but we need this roster spot. Like, there's no IR, so we need the roster spot, and they ended up doing that. I, I wasn't sure what that would look like, but it seems like they will go that route. and. I think it was right. I mean, I have less faith in Bamba being an impact player now than before preseason. Um, I still don't know how much Petrushev is going to do. I mean, I think he'll probably be like the someone to come in, eat a few minutes after Nurse goes with a double big lineup, if that's something he wants to do. But yeah, right decision to move on from Trez. It's also good. Um, saw someone note earlier that the Sixers didn't cheap out and go with someone who had a non-guaranteed contract. Not that it was like too much amount of money, but at least it shows that. Yeah, but we've seen that before. Some, yeah, they're putting some level of interest. They're not going, you know, super cheap. They're carrying a little bit. Much to inspire confidence. I don't know how much, but yeah, right decision there. Roster is what it is now. And, you know, Danny, I agree. Danny did look Pretty good, especially that one first quarter against pretty sure it was Boston, the the home game, where he just like did everything. He looked fantastic in that that particular stretch, but overall in the preseason. And seems like he might have a prominent role in the rotation, one of the one of the main bench guys. So, you know, can't go wrong with that. I do enjoy watching his, you know, backpedaling into the corner threes. I think that'll help. So yeah. Yeah, and it kind of transitions into what we're going to talk about now. Just just briefly, uh, I just want to. We're not going to discuss every single fucking player, uh, but I do want to talk about preseason because not a lot of people watch preseason because it coincided with a lot of Phillies games and just it was at interesting timings. Um, you know, overall takeaways. I mean, this also isn't like a an exactly a team to watch in the preseason. There, you know, preseason is yeah. more exciting for the young teams, unproven guys, teams with new rosters. We're the same roster more or less uh, missing a giant piece, which is funny that I didn't mention James Harden yet. We're like 10 minutes into the pod uh, and we will get there, but I do want to talk about the preseason that we'll, because we're going to, we're going to say Harden's going to still be the main topic of this podcast, despite that. So um, I know you watched more. Um, 
who would you what would you say are your biggest preseason takeaways positive or negative um i would say the biggest positive is springer um still has some stuff to prove but the fact that he was looking really good against legitimate nba guys like you know it's different you know summer league is summer league and the garbage time of preseason is a lot of the same where it's you know guys who are going to be in the g league but the fact that he was looking good and holding his own against real NBA guys, uh, shot seven of eight from three, which obviously that percentage isn't going to carry over, but his three looks so much smoother. And the fact that yeah, he's going to take it say. with even a little bit of – that one corner three against the Hawks in the last game really impressed me because it was kind of on the move. Guys were closing out, and he still shot it confidently. The fact that the shot's going in is obviously a plus, but it's really mostly about willingness that he seems to have. Uh, seems to have a good understanding of moving without the ball. Versatile on defense, he, I think, is very capable of doing a lot. So I'm interested to see what role Nurse has for him. I'd say that was my biggest takeaway. Um, Maxi with... Well, I'll, I'll, we'll stay on Springer lot. for a second because, you okay. know, that's a topic of contention for me. So uh, I need you to graduate him to a college player. If you no. want to, like, I understand if you think he's not ready. Come on, man. It, if, he, if he continues to play like that in the regular season... Will he get sure, he's not going to step on the court in the regular season. Um, that's no, and, he definitely is. He's yeah, going to be in the bit depleted. I'm just saying he's in the Shake Milton role. It's not like he's a consistent rotation, sure. you know. Um, do, yeah. obviously d- different player than Shake Milton, but um, I don't know. It's just like he was good, and it's the one thing you mentioned. You talked about summer league is summer league. That's kind of my point. He sucked in summer league a few months ago. I'm not. All of a sudden, he did not suck in summer league. He did not suck. He wasn't as he maybe he wasn't as great as you would want a third year player to be. That's fine, but he was. I don't think he sucked. This might be our biggest. He, he didn't ever. shoot I the ball he well. He, he didn't shoot the ball well. I think everything else he did good to very good. I'm gonna disagree. Didn't uh-huh. look, didn't look like at an NBA level. Um, uh-huh. I I don't know. It's just All right, I I don't I didn't think he was very good in summer league. So yes, is it nice that he looks good in preseason? Yes, he's playing in the role that he would be playing in the NBA. So that's promising. I'm not trying to act like it's a negative. I'm not trying to be negative on the whole Springer experience. Um, he obviously you're just cautiously optimistic, more cautious more than I am. I'm just cautious. (laughs) I don't don't know about optimistic. Okay, all right, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, uh, he's just you know I I think you would have seen a little bit more by now. I think. A lot of times when you're under the microscope and, and you're, you know, despite being a Phillies fan, you're not a Sixers fan, I think, but you do cover them. I do think when you either cover the team or when you are a fan of the team, a lot of times you give guys passes, not not you specifically, just no, that is fair. I've just people in general. The, yeah. No, I, yeah I, I, you, I you, you take minor details where like, if this was a third year guard on Oklahoma City, like I wouldn't be like, Oh my God. I think, no, I'm just saying in general, I wasn't alluding to anyone specifically. I think honestly, we might've done it with Matisse. I still really believed in Matisse. I still kind of do, but you look at such minor tweaks in development, but yeah, if it was some guy in Oklahoma city, we wouldn't be like from our view, we wouldn't be like, Oh, watch out for this guy. Meanwhile, because the Sixers are, it's also the desperation factor. Like the fans are like, Oh my God, we're desperate for Jaden Springer. Yeah. You know? So I, th- I mean, I, I think, think the, the, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I didn't have any. The uh, I think that I mean we're lo- people looking at Springer as just a rotation guy. It's not like people are saying, "Hey, this is an all star on the rise." Like, yeah, but he was so far from a rotation guy. Hey, this is a guy who can come in. I he was, yeah. I feel like he's closed a lot of that gap, and 
I, uh-huh. I, I I like the comparison you made to the Shake Milton role of kind of like the 10th, 11th man who will play a lot of minutes in certain matchups. It wouldn't surprise me if he moves up the rotation by the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows? Again, just with because... just how much more confident he looks with the ball. and I mean, it just depends on Nurse. He's obviously used to playing these teams with like long defensive guys. Uh, Springer's at least fits the yeah, defensive mold, maybe not the long. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, the block on Tatum was great. I, you know, it's it's yeah, everything you wanted to see from Springer. It's just that I want to see it earlier and I want to see it more. And that that's pretty okay. much what it boils down to. Right. Uh, your second biggest takeaway, yeah. Maxi, right? Um, Yeah, Maxi with the ball in his hand looks um, pretty good. I mean, obviously didn't have a lot to do with Embiid because Embiid only played the the one game. Um, I think Embiid, I think it'll obviously be a lot easier when he does have Embiid, but the fact that he got those reps kind of being thrown into the fire, especially if, I don't know if Nurse is going to do this. I mean, I'm sure he'll stagger up and create a bunch of different lineups, but so I don't know if he's going to do exactly what Doc did with, you know, Embiid kind of closing out the first. And then like last year, Harden was the the main guy in the second unit. I don't know if Max is going to slide into that role, but I think he looked pretty good. Um, the assist total was really only there in the last game and that helped. It helped because they got out in position so many times. Um, but I am growing more optimistic. I mean, I don't think he's going to turn into a seven, eight assists game per night type of guy, but I do think he's showing more confidence with the ball and, you know, the game seems to be doing, you know, kind of slowing down a little bit where obviously he, he plays super fast, but he's able to read, he's able to get himself in positions when he's coming off of ball screens that I don't, spoiler alert, uh, for one of my prediction pieces that I have coming out soon. I I wouldn't be I think he'll have an all star level season, but I don't know if the Sixers will have enough juice for him to get the votes. But I do think some growth will be in order in the season for Maxi. Um, again, not like like last last preseason he was like lighting it up, like he had some and he had a few of it, particularly early on in the first Celtics game. But I like a good amount of what I saw with Maxi with the ball in his hands more. Yeah, I hate using cliches, but he really is like the X factor of the team in some ways that. 100%. If, if yeah. he doesn't, if he improves, he can really raise the ceiling. Uh, if he, like, if he's more or less the same guy, it's a disaster for the Sixers. And that's not necessarily his fault. It's just that he's a younger guy. He's the yeah, highest pedigree guy. He's the only guy you can really bank on. He really needs to learn how to have the ball in his hands. Just even from his long-term development standpoint, just because he's a small guard and it's like, you can't just be this shooter. Like that makes it really difficult uh, to build around for whoever he may be on whether it be the Sixers or another franchise like if for his own development he needs to get better with the ball in his hands and uh he needs to improve as a defender too but yeah it was definitely positive signs uh for Maxi. we'd love to see it more and we'll probably see it on display once the regular season rolls around uh given the Harden updates yeah and I don't think he's ever it's not like he's gonna be they're not gonna ask him to be Harden he Doc might have asked him to do this because Doc has always been reliant on one floor general kind of orchestrating everything on the floor. I think Nurse's offense will be more well-balanced and it'll be a lot of Embiid in the middle making plays. And that's when Maxi will have a chance to kind of do his off-ball stuff to spot up to, you know, catch and drive right away. Um, but yeah, he does, you know, need to get a little more comfortable with the ball. And I think he got some some good reps into the preseason. I'm interested to see, not that this will be super indicative of any progress, but what his numbers will look like as the season goes on. Um, but yeah, so so far so good. Again, 
tough that he only got one game with Embiid, but it's not like he looked lost or scared without the ball. And Nurse is going to give him the green light to to shoot, to be aggressive. And I think Maxi, his mindset is always to put the team first. But I feel like a lot of that, you know, probably throughout his life, and especially his first few years as a young guy with the Sixers, playing, putting the team first means taking a step back. But now it's going to need to be him playing for the team is taking a step forward. So I'm interested to see if he um, can develop that mindset quickly and not be a ball hog, but you know what I mean? Like play more aggressively, take more of the responsibility for himself. Yeah. And I, th- I think you will. Um, I think those are the major preseason takeaways. I'm going to go with a few quick hitters and then we'll move on. Um, Bombo, I, we alluded to it earlier. He looks much worse than I expe- anticipated. I still think he not can great. fit that Boucher role. It's just a little concerning for a guy that uh, I know he was on a minimum, but he's looked better in the NBA before, which is why I have some optimism for him. However, it is yeah. concerning being like, hey, dude, like you're kind of fighting for your NBA future here. Like it's, he's not a guy who can just mm-hmm. take off preseason. He's not, you know, if Embiid was just, if Embiid was scoring like six points, well, I guess he only played one game, but if Embiid scored six points, I wouldn't be like, oh my God, Embiid's cooked. Um, but when, when Bamba is showing up, and he just looks lost everywhere. And when he's missing dunks and being in no man's land on lobs, yeah. It's not right. Great. You know, it's 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 a bit problematic. And maybe that's just something you learn as you develop chemistry with the guys. Um, yeah. You know, whatever. Growing pains, maybe. But he looked awful, so I, I don't know. Not much else to say on there. Uh, other two, we alluded to it earlier, so which is why I'm kind of just breezing through it. But Danny Green looked like himself. I think he'll actually be a rotation player this year. And then uh, last one, Ubre who we haven't mentioned, yes. uh, actually looks good. And granted, a lot of him looking good means the shots are going in. Um, and maybe that is the case, but uh, he does look like a bit of a spark and maybe in fitting his role better than people thought. And It's preseason. I'm not taking a good victory lap, but I'm just saying he doesn't look like, you know, he doesn't look like Jonathan, like a better Jonathan Simmons, if that makes sense. Or just like, I, I don't know. I feel like people were just what expecting... Right, you know, I, well, I know Sixers fans could could remember or like oh, yeah. Alec Burks when he was here, where it's just like I'm, t- I'm it's Alec Burks time. Like he doesn't Alec look Burks. like that, you know. Like he looks like yeah. he's actually trying to play on a team. Yeah, he there there were some of those, um, you know, mid range shots. Sometimes where he got some tunnel vision here and there, but uh, by no accounts perfect. But again, it's the preseason on a brand new team. It seems like he is going to buy into what nurse wants of him and part of it will be shooting which he's never had a problem shooting threes it's just you know can he be above average he's one of the very least efficient volume three shooters over the last few years so but he is a volume three shooter which that is, is true. That something the sixers helped. can ask for yeah and defensively he really impressed me it seems like he's really buying into some of the things nurse wanted out of him nurse mentioned at practice some point last week i don't remember what day he said that Kelly has the athleticism and the intensity to be a good defender. The next part is mental, knowing where to be, making those rotations. And particularly in the Brooklyn game, he looked, he, he moved around, he moved around really well. And, and he was, you know, coming from behind to contest shots. He was ready to keep help at the help at the nail. And he's obviously, they didn't sign him to be a stopper of any wing player they might run into in the playoffs. He's never been that player, and I would be surprised if he grows into one now. But I think he's someone that is long and can move around the court really quickly. And in a defense like Nurse, where it's going to be a lot of scrambling, it's going to be super impactful if he buys in. And so far, it looks like he has. he's saying all the right things, which is nice, but 
to me, it's he's showing it. And, you know, it's, it's easy to look engaged on ball on defense, and he did. But the more important stuff is off ball. And so far, I've really liked what I've seen from him. Yeah, he can. And he part can... of it maybe is. Sorry, one last thing. Part of it is maybe the fact that the Sixers wing room has not been super athletic. Like, you know, athletic is obviously relative because pro athletes are super athletic. But watching, you know, slower guys like Tobias, PJ, Niang is much different from a guy like uh, Kelly Oubre. So I'm, I don't think it's part of that. It really is just where he's going and what he's doing with that, his athleticism. But it, it was been pointed out a few times. So I think it was worth to mention that this is just a different athleticism than the Sixers have had in recent years, aside from Matisse, but Kelly Jagger. He could definitely just be a better version of Jalen McDaniels. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. I think Jalen McDaniels is always going to be a superior defensive player, would be my guess, though I do think Uber can yeah. keep it close. But, but Uber is a much better offensive player. So I think that's kind of Yeah, can put the ball on the deck, can, can shoot, has confidence. But yeah, and again, we'll see what role in the regular season. We'll see. I'm interested to see overall in the season. Like It seemed like they were just moving so much on defense. So I'm very interested to see how much that wears on them over the course of the year. But at least with Kyle specifically whether he is one of the main guys on the bench or spot guy as the season goes on. I have more hope for him than I do in the beginning of the preseason. I'll say that. Well, at least uh, Nick Nurse won't overly play him or anything like that because he's not famous for playing these guys 40 minutes a night. Uh, all right, on to the... <laughs> that was sarcasm for those that don't... I, I guess I got to <laughs> explain that to people because you may not know that Nick Nurse plays a short rotation and plays everyone 40 minutes a night. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I that'll do on preseason let's let's um we'll preview the season from a Sixers standpoint more so though we will talk about the general nba uh we got to talk about harden though uh it's been we're a few minutes in the spot he's just not with the team i don't know if he's going to play uh Woj is reporting that there's no timeable no one has any idea is what it seems i mean i'm gonna be i i, I have i don't know if this seems like a hot take because when he was like quote unquote with the team, but he was doing nothing, I was like, this guy's not going. I didn't think he was going to play. However, now that he's completely gone, I do think he's going to play like a game here and there. I don't know if it's ne- not necessarily here and there. He might get traded very soon, but I don't think he's going to play opening night. And I don't think he's going to never play. I don't like, I don't know. I think he's, it's going to be, he'll show up for a little bit. Uh, presumably, yeah, they, they once have, yeah, they have, um, I'm doing my best to see the calendar of the games that I've written down to make sure. So they have their game Thursday, then they have an off day, then they have two games, and then they have like four off days. So they have in once the Sixer season starts on Thursday, it's three games in four days, and then it's a good amount of break. So I would not be surprised if Harden, um, maybe he'll be there for the home opener on Sunday against the Blazers. But yeah, I, I would agree that he will suit up for the Sixers again at some point, but. It's only a matter of time before either the Clippers get nervous or they find another trade partner and the trade finally goes down. I, do I think, think the Sixers might just fold too. I don't know. It seems like we've already really they might lowered. What? I think we might just fold. But it seems like we've already substantially lowered the asking price. I mean, I've read some Keith Pompey stuff, which seems to suggest that uh, the trade will be sooner rather than later. I don't know. Just tea leaves around from everyone just seems like it's going to be. It's going to be soon, and to the Clippers uh, would be my guess. It. I don't know, Daryl's. Sorry, bud. No, no. I, I, you, you can go ahead. I mean, I, I'm just saying, like, yeah, we, we've done this before, and we probably played it well the first time. So you think we would play the hits? But like, I also 
don't think well you know it, the difference with accepting quote-unquote nothing for ben was ben was a guy that if you traded him a year ago it would have been like oh my god you get so much if you trade harden a year ago which is what happened like there wasn't a huge return on him like he was already a distressed asset and he's just sort of distressed and i could see this being a bigger headache than it's worth anyway and i could see pressure from ownership just from the fact that this is the second time in a row this has happened anyway go on i can i can see that pressure from ownership i don't know to me daryl has been so steadfast in you know what some might call stubborn like he's just been so steadfast in i need to make sure it's something that helps the team and so i'll be very surprised if he's the one that not to make him out to be this like you know macho chad like super epic negotiator or whatever but i just feel like he is gonna ride this out until the very end i do you know obviously the ben thing went up until the trade deadline i would i feel like there is much more pressure because at least like he said at the beginning of the ben thing this would go on for years and that was a bluff that was not as easy to call because ben had those years on his contract harden doesn't he needs to get something so if daryl is going to continue to be stubborn up until the deadline and the Clippers either just decide not to do it or they are willing to roll the dice for, say, Brogdon at a lower price, then he's totally screwed. So I, I think that there will be more urgency to get something done. I would be surprised if something happens soonish, but I would also guess that the Harden trade eventually happens maybe in the month of January, like well before the trade deadline. I, I agree with that second part, but I will say just talking about the differences with Harden and Ben, I think the other difference is Harden is like, I want to go to this one team. And a That's year true. ago, and and it was Ben Simmons' first trade request where it seems like it was a toxic environment where James Harden is on his third trade request in, in like, what, four years? That, As many years. Or three years, yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I think, and like, you know, I obviously like Ben more than Harden, so this is going to sound biased, but we've also seen hardened meltdown in the playoffs for every year since he's been drafted which was in 2008 not 2016 like ben uh and so a he's older and b we have a larger sample size of him falling apart i don't know it just seems like it seems like harden's a guy who doesn't really know what he wants uh obviously too with harden he declined his player option because he knew no team was going to give him this money uh it's not you know ben simmons you, you I'm mean sure, opted in but yes yeah yeah right right my bad um but yes, he opted in to because he knew if he declined, nobody was going to give him this money. So it's clear that the interest isn't there around the league. The only thing I have slight hope for is, and and this is just one team in particular, but I'm sure there's others that would fit this mold. Like the Heat missed on Damian Lillard. Yeah. And Harden is a similar-ish player. A few years ago, you, you probably, and they're like a similar age, which is why I'm fine using that qualifier. A few years ago, you would have been like either... Well, even as much as two years ago, you'd be like, no preference between the two. A year before that, you would have said Harden was better. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and, and, you know, Dame has had some hiccups too. And, and I don't know, I'm just saying like, if you think you can get some sort of package from the Heat or other team that gets desperate, the Heat I'm pointing to more so because they don't seem to care about the regular season ever, but they can't just replicate this play into the championship thing. Like, And I think they know that too, deep down. And Harden is a regular season floor raiser. I think that they believe they could get the best out of any player and if you're going to get the best out of james harden like if you're going to heat culture james harden and it, you think it's going to work then that's absolutely a worthwhile move because he he's a more talented player and he, he raises their ceiling and he doesn't cost that much uh you'll never get an opportunity like this uh because even beal and and of course damian lillard cost more so 
uh that that's just one example of a team i'm i do think there could be others though like i don't know there could be on the opposite side of that there could be a team that has low expectations right now that all of a sudden they're looking pretty good and they're like whatever we'll roll the dice on harden just one throwing out there i I don't think it's going to be this team but like what if the magic they don't really or or the raptors they they don't really have one and yeah they don't seem like a Harden destination but I'm sure Harden also just wants to get paid. And if that team's winning and then they invest in Harden, kind of like build a, I don't want to say build around because obviously it would still be like a Paolo team, but Harden would probably be their, their, you know, most prolific player year one. Um, the Raptors don't have a point guard either, really worth noting. I'm just saying one of those teams, I also don't think it would be the Raptors because Masai is just a dickhead and hasn't done anything since the 2019, but whatever. Um, remember just i actually every time i mention Masai, i just have to mention remember that he tri- he passed on getting tyrese maxi because he wanted to let kyle lowry walk in free agency because he didn't think it was a good enough return anyway that's enough on Masai jerry no it's not no it's not he owes the knicks a lot of credit for him like listen obviously or johnny great, merchant you know, not only that but the knicks decided they don't want kyle lowry merchant James Dolan was so afraid of the Barnani trade that he was like nope not getting fleeced again and he missed out on a you know, all-star point guard. Now, would the Knicks have had the uh, situation to help Larry grow into a star point guard? Because he really didn't have that pedigree until he got to Toronto. So maybe not. But, and again, like most great executives have like some misses, but the fact that Masai has, the Raptors have looked this hopeless after winning the championship and he owes a lot of his success to the Knicks being jackasses is not to discredit him entirely, but just a funny thing that people like us could observe. I will discredit him. I don't think he's that good of a GM. I think he's made so many like non moves that, and honestly, like, I I, this sounds like something I could say for the take segment. Like the Kawhi trade was dumb. The Kawhi was leaving after a year. There was no, there was no changing his mind. Everyone knew that you had to win a title to do it, and to win a title, they had Steph Curry had to, or not Steph Curry, you know, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant had to get injured and all all these other things six bounces against the Sixers so many things had to go right I know you can say that about every title but it was a bad process I mean granted, they weren't going anywhere with well, the Rosen so like whatever that's what I was gonna say but, let's imagine they don't make that trade and they flame out like it was you know okay LeBron's gone LeBron's in the West now is our chance like if they had decided to keep DeRozan and they lose in the playoffs let's say they lose to the Bucks, maybe they don't even get, I mean again Maybe they're not even the 59 or so win team. Like, maybe they're not. I mean, maybe they were. They were really, they were the ones seeking. I don't know. But I'm, yeah, but they haven't been able to recover Some since guy. then because Kawhi left, which would have been the same. Right, but that's Where, what I'm at saying. Least they would if have they kicked... blew it up with the Rose and they could have acquired something the year after. Anyway, it's fine. It, they won but a they title. Also, it worked out. Yeah, they, their roll of the dice worked out. It was, it was a huge roll of the dice, but it did work out extremely well. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I, I don't know. I, I just. Besides, I he the it annoys me so much. Like I get it, you don't want to lower your standards because a player's walking. But every time a player is about to walk, he's like, "No, I will have the high." And he's doing it again with OG Ananobi and and Pascal Siakam, who are just depreciating every year you keep them under or on roster because they're going to get paid a ton of money in free agency and there's just less leverage. Before you had a, co- a cost controlled guy for a few years, and he's like, "Nope, just let it ride." And I don't know what kind of team he's building, and. I don't know. It's just whatever. Anyway, I can't believe I'm, I spent this much on my side. Let's, anyway, let's, on. Steer it back to, let's steer it back to Harden. So I very much agree with you that the Heat could get desperate and go for Harden. I think that I can see him getting along, you know, I mean, with with Jimmy and Bam. Obviously, he's not the same style, same, you know, great defender as other 
uh, Heat players have been, but neither was Damian Lillard, who they seemed to be interested in, but Portland just did not want to trade him there. I mean, not to say that they they eventually got a good offer in place, but they still got one up. I think it was a better which, offer. You know, which, you know, tough break the one for them, I guess. But, yeah, that's fair, especially for um, what I they just Once you factor in the jury trade. But I think the picks. Heat makes... Right, right, yeah. I think the Heat makes sense as a team that could, you know, go for Harden and if it's Lowry and picks slash young guys or if it's just Tyler Hero for Harden straight up and they want to try, you know, Harden as an upgrade and then they can have a lot of cap space this offseason if they keep uh, Lowry and if they can offload Duncan to the Sixers. I think that, I think the Heat, especially because like Harden, like, I I feel like Harden is, I mean, we've seen how crazy his decision making has been with the Sixers and what he's really willing to like leave the team entirely. Um, as you, you know, all this shit he said over the off season, I feel like kind of verifies that. I do feel like he could nick to trade to Orlando or even like Chicago if they were good enough and wanted to go more all in because they don't really have a choice because he has their version of the Kawhi trade essentially, <laughs> but with a much yeah, worse player. I, yeah. Right. So. I, I think the Heat make a lot of sense. I think that, I mean, I don't know if Pat Riley is necessarily going to be like, oh gosh, I, I need to make this one trade or else everything I've built to this point will be ruined. No, oh, for sure. I can see that happening. I can well, see I'm the just, Heat. I just meant teams and like that. You know, like the Lakers, yeah. I could see doing it too. Like something crazy like that, where it's like they have the D low contract, or they just stack contracts and then they get James Harden. Like, I don't know, because LeBron sort of runs the team. I, I could, and they need a point guard. It seems like a, logical enough anyway that whatever i'm just saying there's a team that could do it and as long as you have one more team that will bid up the other team and right now like the sixers leverage yeah. i don't think is getting any worse is kind of the main point you know yeah. like i it don't think already but i yeah it is what it is at this point yeah even even if you're saying it gets worse what it gets worse one pick swap that that might not even convey anyway because we might be terrible if mb whatever like you know like i don't i don't really care uh, mm-hmm. i'm not losing sleep over it i think they should just hold on and, and wait for a better trade um team's probably fucked anyway to be honest but you know like if we had a a thing where it was like oh i think this will be like great morale booster to get harden out of town and then we can continue on with our championship trek sure i don't think we have that though so we might as well just wait for the best asset yeah and again from what the coaches and players are saying again this is just stuff they're saying to the media so they can be you know not to say that they're completely lying but they have been talking hard enough very nicely and you know talking about how he's still working with the young guys how he is you know a professional when he's there continuing to work hard which is you know certainly better than them being like no 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 like they sounded somewhat confident in the fact of Harden being attentive to practice and the practice is being productive whether he is or is not there all the stuff that we've been hearing from players and media availabilities and whatnot indicate that things are going smoothly up until this point uh, nurse mentioned today that he reached out to Harden um, just to make sure everything is all right. Harden responded back, and Nurse didn't really want to offer up any more details, but doesn't seem to be as messy as I think a lot of people were expecting it to be, which is a good thing at least. Yeah, so I don't know. Lining, I mean, however slim it may be, I, I I don't I didn't really put what I did. People expect Harden to go in there and start like bullying Jane Springer, like I I don't know, like shoving him into the locker, like uh, I, I you know I I I know the Woj report, but it's like. I don't know. I do think he's kind of being a bit of a buffoon right now anyway. 
I mean, I feel like some people had the picture of what Jimmy Butler did with Minnesota. Maybe not. Except he couldn't do that because he's not as good as Jimmy Butler. He'd be like, yeah, let me play with the backups and get my ass beat (laughs) as I, as I stop carry. Well, he wouldn't be. I mean, Jimmy, at least in the practice, he was dominating from what I recall with just a lot of playmaking. And I mean, if I did have Traquavion Smith and Lobs to Ricky Council, could have done the same. No, I'm kidding. I'm trying to see yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, He's yeah. he just couldn't do it. Is is the difference? I he was Jimmy Butler with the playmaking, but my point is like, Embiid's a little bit better than Carl Anthony Towns. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, little bit better than Andrew Wiggins. And, and Andrew Wiggins. In, in my mind, I don't know if that seems like a that's not a hot take. Respect anyway. All Star Andrew Wiggins. Right. Um. But I don't know. I think that I think we could wrap that. Keep things moving from there. We're good on Harden. Do you have any more? Yeah. All right. Um, the Harden thing does, of course, loom over everything, though. So, I, you know, just talking about our preview right now of the season. Uh, currently, the over/under uh, on the sports book I'm using, no, no free uh, advertising here. Uh, oh yeah, forty-eight and a half is where they currently have the over/under for wins for the Sixers. I think a lot of people are liking that under. Uh, where do you stand? Um. Man, that is interesting. There are a few where I feel like, oh, that's bullshit one way or the other. This one I feel like is pretty close. Um, I mean, I I think Nurse's tactics and maybe the way he uses the bench that he has and the way if he can get more out of Joel and Tyrese, I can see them scraping their way to 50 wins. Um, I mean, but it is still just such a long regular season and they're one prolonged max or Embiid stretch away in stretch of being injured right. away from being in not serious trouble but like you know i think i think it would be pretty serious 500 trouble. as opposed to yeah, yeah. so i hmm. i'll say i mean i really i really could go either way on this um i'll say over just because it seems like Embiid has been healthy more often. I mean, he'll have games where he misses five. You know, he'll have stretches where he misses five games at a time. But other than that, has been decently dependable. Has been very good. So I think they can scratch their way to fifty wins. But I could absolutely also see them maybe falling to forty-five, depending on how the if their depth is more legitimate or not. So you have more actual analysis than me. Here, here's mine. Um. I'm going over. A bunch of people are usually morons, and I feel like everyone likes the under. So I'm going to zag and say the over. Uh, I also think there's been so much negative coverage over the Sixers, and rightfully so. However, I think people... I I do think we've actually forgotten how good Joel Embiid is at basketball. And I'll get to that when we talk about the MVP, which Embiid has zero shot at winning. Uh, But he was electric last year. Harden's not going to be there anymore. He's probably going to have to take on a bigger workload. But the biggest part of why I'm saying going over is Nick Nurse. I think Doc Rivers was a bottom-tier coach, and I think Nick Nurse is a top-tier coach. How much that means in the NBA, especially during the regular season, maybe it's not worth that much. However, the team, aside from Harden, they genuinely, everyone seems to be throwing shade at Doc Rivers one way or another. I, I shouldn't say everyone, but... Everyone seems to be happier to be playing under Nick Nurse. They they're like, wow, we're actually like coached. We're doing stuff. Like this is crazy. We didn't have this before. And 
I liked Brett Brown. I think they had some of that during Brett Brown, but even Brett Brown wasn't as respected as Nick Nurse is. So I think you're finally you're getting a combination of the respect that people had for Doc Rivers, even though he was only respected for accomplishments he made in the Bush administration. Uh, I think <laughs> I think you're getting that, that combination wrong. with that, but you're also getting the tactician that Nick Nurse is. I'm not trying to say he's the greatest mastermind in the in the world. I think uh, people have noted that him alone, he'll probably have Joel Embiid getting offensive rebounds, which should increase our and Embiid, maybe not the greatest rebounder, but still should make us a better team because he, stylistically, that's what Nick Nurse likes to do. Doc Rivers hated doing that. Probably made more sense for us to crash the offensive glass uh, with Embiid. So um, I think we'll, you know, and, and all these guys hear it. Uh, Maxi gets better year after year. Embiid is getting a lot of criticism. I think Embiid is going to rise to the occasion because he is a special player. I, I Whatever, you can talk about the playoff resume and that's fine, but he is a special player and I think he'll rise to the occasion. So uh, I'm going to say over. I don't, I'm not saying I'm super confident in it, but it's just when everyone's going one way, Vegas said it there for a reason. Vegas makes, you know, they, they, Vegas knows what they're doing. So I think they, this is indicative of an over. Yeah. Now, now with that said of the over, I can also see them, I can see them being, you know, just getting to the 50 win threshold, but also maybe being the fifth seed. Now, we'll, we'll, I don't know if that necessarily means it'll be right. the fifth best seed in the conference, but I think the Celtics and Bucks are a level ahead of them. And I think right now they're on par until further notice with the Cavs and Knicks, at least record wise. The Knicks are really deep. They had a really good I think they're much better than the Knicks. I think they're a better team than the Knicks. No, I think they're a better team than the Knicks, but I think the Knicks have such a great amount of depth. And I think that they seem to be really taking off once they, not one, there were like three seasons the Knicks had last year pre-Grime starting, Grime starting, and Grime starting with Hart coming off the bench. And I think that, particularly those final two stretches, they had a really good winning percentage. And I think that maybe with another season of growth, um, they'll carry that into having a better regular season. If the Sixers and Knicks were the 4-5 matchup in the playoffs, I would pick the Sixers. But I think I wouldn't surprise me if the Knicks are one of those teams that, you know, they're kind of up and coming. They're putting more stock into the regular season than they're, than other teams are. So kind of the, that'll be like their counter of just going hard in the regular season. And then the Cavs, uh, I think the Struess and the Yang moves are big. And they already had a really good, I think they were like second in net rating last year. So I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if with their increased depth and their young stars that their record is more appropriate and they're more of like a 55-win team. They were no, close I, last year already, but yeah. I, I think that's fine. It's just, I, I think we just have more star talent. I think... Like honestly, Maxi. I don't mean to sound egregious and a homer. He could be better than Jalen Brunson, and he's our second best player. He's playing with Joel Embiid. Um, it's just I don't know. I but you I don't have... think the Knicks will get up there record wise? I mean, listen, I agree the Sixers are a better team, but you don't think the Knicks could maybe have one of those, you know, crazy not crazy regular seasons, but you don't think that they'll no. I, and I get a, what you're saying. I think barring injury, there's the Sixers. They're just. Because I think the thing is, Embiid is going to bring it every night. And maybe yeah. this is putting too much faith in Embiid. But it's like, Embiid knows he can't coast. Maxi has to be more engaged. I think Maxi's going to get better as the season goes along, as he, you know, stays into this playmaking role. And I think he's just going, like, it might be growing pains at first. This might look dumb for, after the first week of the season, yeah, for sure. Um, plus, there's whatever they're going to get for James Harden at some point. Because I do think they're going to make a move this year. Um, you know, 
with I think it's going to be a picks laden package, but they might use those picks this year. I don't really know. Uh, it does seem like they're preserving cap space for next year, so so maybe maybe not. Uh, and and I'll I'm ask you a, a quick question after that uh, in regards to that cap space because there's been some whatever uh movement there i would say um but i don't know i think i think they can do it even if it's just a role player they get i really don't think james harden is that good i know i mentioned how he's a regular season floor raiser and we are losing that player uh however when you lose that regular season floor raiser and the more touches go to the mvp of the league and rising star tyrese maxi i don't really think that's like a huge negative is i guess the, the, the greater overall point um maxi i i and this is like i know this is like no evidence on this one he's been working with drew hanlon and everyone always seems to improve under drew hanlon i don't know what it is people love drew hanlon they always get better under him i'm excited to see what maxi can do uh maxi's also shown levels of improvement the only guys who haven't worked under drew hanlon were like markel fultz but that was when he was battling through those early you know years of his career anyway so i don't know i i just think I think there's more unlocked potential. I'm going like glass half full with the Sixers and Grant. I think I've always been a little glass half full in these previews. However, I acknowledge all their faults. They're not really going to be a fun watch, but they're, I think they're going to be better than people think. People just have such a sour taste of this team because of the playoff exit, but that's not, that's not who the team is day one. Uh, do they have a lot of the same pieces? Sure. But it's also not in, we're one of the few teams left. We came very close to making the NBA finals just because of, you know, it was game seven of the, the semis. The Celtics were arguably a better team than Miami. And like, honestly, who cares? Everyone was getting mopped by the Nuggets, apparently. But I don't know. Like, they're, they're better than what people are, are remembering. It is. I have a poor taste in my mouth, too, but they're better than this. And objectively speaking, we need to remember that. That is fair. I do think the upgrade with Nurse and, you know, the, the loss of a third star will hurt. But the fact that you have two other really good stars who are picking it up. I definitely see what you mean. And especially, it's not just the fact that they lost last year. It's that, and it sucks to say this of the night that the Phillies lost the brutal game six, but the Eagles and Phillies are again the talk of the town and the Sixers, just, you know, but the Harden stuff is, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it um, yeah. plays out on the court. But I do agree that they're taking, you know, a step back, but it's not like a gigantic step back. They're going from pushing it into being the top level of contender versus firmly sitting in the second tier. Fair enough. And I just want to point out they were 54 and 28 last year with Doc Rivers. I think Doc, I'm I'm gonna, you know, war, but calculated by me. Uh Montrez Harrell cost us at least five games. I, I have no evidence of those five games exactly, but having Montrez over Paul Reed cost us at least five games. So look at that right there. If if we were a 59 win team last year, I think they could win 10 less with Harden, you know, like, I don't know. Like, uh, okay. I was going to say now, now with Harden out of the picture, how many <laughs> war is he worth? Which means that they're going to lose that. What do you think? Right. But that's what I'm saying. If Harden's worth like 10 wins, that whatever that, that okay. puts us at 49. Uh, if, if okay. I'm factoring in how bad Trez was and, and doc and just, you know, the, the combination of the two of them, I'm not saying of course, like Bamba could be horrendous and, and who knows injuries as, as previously mentioned, like we were a relatively healthy team last year. Um, who knows how, how it goes this year, but I think more consistent playing time for Paul Reed, he'll also be better. Like a lot of these role players, I think will have a more defined role and have things Nick nurse wants them to do, which will in turn make the Sixers better because they have purpose and they're not just mindlessly wandering out there like they were under Glenn rivers. So, uh, that, that I don't know, that, that, that's, 
the over under discussion, I guess, of the wins. Um, what's uh, what do I want to do here? How many how many point per wins per game do you think a B is going to score? Because like I could see an argument. You don't have to give me an exact. Let's say I'll set the over under at like thirty two. I don't know what he is. Uh, I would say fairly game. under that. It's interesting because I think he's going to take more of a balanced approach of offense defense with Nurse, not just because. And playmaking too. So I don't know. If he I, I think he should too, but it's also interesting because it's like he's going to take that approach, but then his touches are still going to go up because he's the star. That's but also no Harden. So I I wouldn't surprise me if he's you know maybe more of like a twenty nine point five and a half six assist guy as opposed to thirty plus points with only four assists only quote unquote four assists. So yeah, I would say under thirty. I would say maybe like twenty eight twenty nine. Um. I mean, again, he's one of the greatest one-on-one scorers in the league right now. Like he can score thirty whenever he wants, but I think the Nick Nurse's style and him realizing, and he's also said over and over, even dating back to last year, he wants to be more of a playmaker. He doesn't like being a pure ISO scorer. So he says a I lot of things he that really he doesn't mean, actually. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> so. I, I but I but I think I I think now is his chance because Nurse is going to put him in that position. Like, okay, you want to be this playmaker? Well, we're going to have all this, you know, dribble handoff stuff, all this off-ball stuff to open up these opportunities for you. Let's see if you take them. And I think it's more likely than not that he'll take them. Again, he's not going to turn into numbers like Jokic is having. He's still going to be mainly a scorer. But I, I think he'll score under 30 points a game. Because having Harden, again, the touches, but also a lot of those easy points were – Harden taking attention in the pick and roll and dumping him off something easy that he did finish. He made, you know, I've never seen a player make, you know, shots from the stripe, like field goals look as automatic as he did, except for maybe like Sean Livingston, who never missed a mid-range shot in his career. What a, what but, a, yeah, what a comparison. I, I, oh, Sean yeah. Livingston was great at that, but I'm just saying it sounds just funny comparing it. No, yeah. I know. But all right, bottom line, under 30 points for me, in my opinion, per game. I think he's going to be at like 31 would be my guess because I do think the touches are just going to go up. So it's going to be inevitable that is fair. Be doing it, but I do think he's going to maybe dedicate himself for yeah. defense. Also offensively, I do think he's going to be crashing the glass, which is going to lead to free throw attempts. And that, that is true. Other, he, there were a lot of times, like especially, yeah, especially, I mean, again, we only have one preseason game to go off of. He did do a lot of cutting to the rim and kind of setting himself up under the rim to go for boards. He only got, only got two. So I can see, you know, there are nights where he'll be able to get more of those. The easy opportunities from Harden will turn it into easy opportunities from him out muscling guys for boards. I can see that for sure. I don't want to use stats. I'll stick with under 30, but... Okay. I don't want to use a stat for this. Like, we could use blocks, I guess. But do you think he'll be a better or worse defender? Because it kind of goes back to our sim- same discussion where he might dedicate himself more to defense, but he has to carry more of an offensive load anyway. So, I I, I don't know. Like, he might just be gassed more. I, I really have no idea. Plus, he's going to be presumably playing more minutes under nurse than than he was doc i think nurse will have him focusing on defense a lot to the point where i mean we all we all know how great of a defender he is like he doesn't need to prove himself on that end but i do think he'll be a better defender and we'll have more and again like you said blocks do not always equal defense but i do think he'll have more blocks i do think he'll be more attentive of you know coming out maybe higher up to deter guys from driving and I wouldn't surprise me if he approaches two blocks a game again. I don't know if he'll what he averages a rookie two point three something like that yeah, around that. I mean, he block. was just absolute menace, and he was right. playing twenty minutes a game. That yeah, was he's. I mean, he's twenty five. He was obviously yeah, way. 
he was way lighter then. He was able to move around, fly around more. And now he's traded that off for muscle, which worthy trade off because he's unstoppable now. But I think that he'll approach two blocks a game. And I think he will, the perception will be that he'll have a better defensive season this year than he did last year. I don't know if he'll do it, but I actually want him to shoot more threes this year as well. Um, a lot, of course, hinges on him, but I do think he's a good shooter. I think that would make things easier for him to to play defense. Uh, we saw him previously in 2019. Obviously, he didn't have a great series, so like maybe that's not the best example. But he was able to be an incredible defender. We were like we fell off a cliff every time he was off the court because of his defense. Even with him not playing great on offense, and of course, we had better. We had Jimmy Butler to carry the load offensively, as well as Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris and JJ Redick. Uh, but I think. Uh, that that in some ways the best way to use him is a guy who's dedicating himself to defense because he is an absolute game changer on that end, and I don't think he's been a game changer on the defensive end uh, in the last in the last couple of years. I, I don't really remember the last time. I think he's one of the best defensive centers in the league, but I'm saying when he first came up, it was like people are and they're still afraid to shoot around him. But now they don't necessarily have as much as a reason to be afraid of him because he's not blocking as many shots and he's not altering as many. He's still a great defender. That's not me like criticizing him. It's just that he used to be a better defender. He became a way better offense player. Um so that was the trade off and you know it worked. But we'll we'll see under nurse. Um I don't want to take too much of your time. So we'll um let's try to like we'll we'll talk about the NBA awards as a whole and like season preview. But before we do that, where do we have the fin- the Sixers uh seeded and then where do we uh and we don't have to do the seeds of the other teams but just a rough guess of where you think they're going to finish seeding and then how do you I, think they finish fair in the playoffs if they I, I feel comfortable putting them in somewhere three through five again i think the Cavs will be more equipped at least for the regular season and i think the Sixers will be four and i think they'll win their first round series and then get smoked in, against the bucks or something I have the same prediction, Uh, four seed and getting smoked in the second round, because even though like, and it's funny because people are putting a lot of faith in the Bucs. People, do they not remember that they lost in the first round last? I know they got Damian Lowered, but like for all the negative talk about the Sixers, the Bucs had that. And yes, you can say the the grace of a championship. Yeah, it's just, I I don't know. It's just like people like to hate on Embiid and like, I, I think, I, and I'll I'll keep going with that, which is fine. I know he's got the target on his back from for you know maybe valid reasons, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think they get smoked in the playoffs. Uh, who do you have? Uh, we can do it this way. What's who's your championship pick? You can just use the the final two teams you're gonna have. Um, I'm I have the Bucks and the Suns. Interesting, and you well, have. Well, I think the Suns will put it together. I have the Bucks winning. Bucks winning. I'm also going to have an Eastern Conference team winning it all, but I will be having the Celtics over the Suns. I do think the Suns are kind of underrated, which is crazy from a team that has that many guys. But for whatever reason, we're just I think we've I think we've reached the point where we just assume every super team's not going to work because the last few have been problematic. And yes, this one does have issues because they do a lot of the same things, but there's no Kyrie Irving on this team. There's no James Harden on this team. There's no one like Beal. I do think is kind of a loser, whatever. But you have KD and you have Booker, and like I, I think Nurkic is better than Aiton, uh, for for what the Suns want to do. Um, I I low key agree too. I think his playmaking from the high post with all the shooters he has around him, like 
well, I, I just think, think he plays his role more. Interesting wrinkle. Dominating yeah. wanted to, you know, just, just, just do his own thing a little bit, and I don't really Dominating. think that was conducive to to what the Suns wanted to do. I do think Chris Paul, though, people are sl- sleeping a little bit on that. A for what he's going to do for the Warriors, but B even at a diminished state, what he was doing for the Suns because he was providing a role that they didn't really have. So he was. I so I think the top four of the West will be the Suns, Lakers, Warriors, and Nuggets in some order. I mean, this is a lot of teams to pick for from the finals. I think it'll be one of those four teams. And I think, again, the Suns, like, they've got the talent. They, you know, and they're, at least their main two stars have shown to be great in the playoffs. And they've got a good amount of depth. Frank Vogel is a championship winning coach, which, you know, obviously that was a different team, different style. But, yeah, I, I like a lot what they have. So I I think that they'll, they'll be able to win I should also note that I still think the Nuggets are going to be an absolute juggernaut and like. Re- oh yeah, they're, they're going to they fill in. Be have yeah, a better they're gonna, the <laughs> Yeah, they're going to fill in whoever they lost, and I think they're going to continue to be. Uh, I don't see any reason why they'd be worse. I just don't think. I think they kept I, I think it's because they lost. That's true. I think they lost some guys in the offseason, Bruce Brown. like Bruce Brown. That I, I just think they, they, they replaced all of them. Like, yeah. Like Christian I, Brown's I, just going to play more next year, and he's going to be awesome. I, right. I love him. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, um, I honestly, me thinking that they're not going to be in there is not even anything against Jokic. It's more so they had a very easy route last year, and Jamal Murray was on fire, and I don't think he'll continue to be on that on fire. I think he's a really good playoff player. That kind of is a bit of who he is, but I don't think he's like Michael Jordan, and that's how he was playing last year. And Michael Porter Jr., I still don't believe in. So. Uh, those are my anti-Nuggets things, but let's uh, continue on to a pro-Nuggets thing. Uh, regular season MVP, Jokic is the favorite at, my, at plus 450. I actually think you should bet everything you own on Nikola Jokic because the NBA media is dying oh, to get, after buddy, last year giving it to Embiid. They are traumatized. And, They're so traumatized that they had to vote for Embiid. They're going to vote for Jokic yeah, again, 100%. It, I think Jokic and he'll be deserving. MVP. He'll be deserving. Yeah, I think he could win it though, averaging 15 points a game. I think they it, like the Nuggets could be the one seed, and they'd be like, you know what, Jokic, I, like he he just does it, and like, you know, the Jokic the the Nuggets are going to be very good, and Jokic is going to average more than 15 points to be clear. But I think they are just dying to give it to Jokic. They're like, oh my god, we should have given it to Jokic. He he just is the best player in the league. Like I think it's the bounce back Jokic year. I think with Giannis, you're gonna have the Dame thing. That's that's uh, you know doing it i think Embiid would have to average 40 points to win mvp uh because mm-hmm. i just the, they don't want to give it to, I, to Embiid after la- they left a bad taste in everyone's mouth and honestly yes reasonably so however it's a regular season award and for whatever reason when Jokic was doing it we didn't care but now that now we seem to care because we just don't like Embiid as much as we like Jokic. My I'll, I'll reveal i have um predictions coming for Embiid tomorrow but i'll reveal one of them um i think he's going to finish outside the top five in mvp I think he will be deserving. He'll be one of the. Like, I I think Tatum and Giannis will round out the top three with Jokic, and then it'll be the Suns guys, the Lakers guys, yeah. staff, and I think Luca. I think they're. I still think Embiid's going to be fin- a com- finish four. I think it's going to be like it's not going to be a close one though. In the same yeah, way that like I, Booker finished four all those years, even though it was yeah, really yeah. a three three person race. I, I'm taking you know I, I'm taking a bolder stance for sure if he finishes fourth or fifth or even third or even second if the numbers are good enough and the Sixers surprise people like that could happen but I think that the blowback again like you said regular season it shouldn't count but these voters are human beings who a lot of them already like Jokic already and don't like the Sixers slash Embiid so 
there's going to be a lot of blowback. He's going to have to put up some unbelievably great numbers to even be in the conversation. It, it, and again, this is going to be, it's, it's not, it's too reductive to call this a, uh, an apology MVP for Jokic, but there's going to be those undertones that, in addition to the great season he and his team should have, I think he's going to win it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I brought up the odds, but to be clear, I'm picking Jokic to win MVP. Uh, however, I will say just, I'm not that I'm a betting expert. In terms of like dark horse, I wouldn't say dark horse, but just like guys that I think have pretty good odds. Steph Curry's plus 1500. I think the media loves Steph. And if the Warriors are good, I think Clay's going to be better, even though they have some weird storylines there. They don't have, um, you know, they don't have the Jordan Poole drama from last year, but I think Steph Curry's a pretty good value. And then I, I think yeah. LeBron at plus 1900, because although I don't think the media necessarily loves LeBron, it's a good storyline if this old ass legend uh, who I think, We'll have a pretty good team, especially with Reeves looking a bit unleashed. If they're if they're the one seed, I think you're just going to give it to LeBron. I know people have always talked about the Davis thing, but I don't know. I think at the end of the day, the media is going to gravitate towards Le- LeBron over Davis, and I do. I still think LeBron's better than Davis, to be honest. But I don't know. Uh, so is your pick also Jokic to? Yep. Okay. Rookie of the year. Really hotly debated one, you know, a lot of guys here. Wemby's already won. It's going to be Wemby. I, I mean, I actually do think there will, there will be some Chet or Scoot to get some some push, but I agree. It'll be Wemby as long as he has a decent year. The problem with Scoot should. is Anthony Simons is going to average two assists a game. Shane Sharp's going to average two assists a game. Dominaton's going to average point one a game. And Jeremy Grant's never going to touch the ball, so... It's going to be pretty tough for Scoot to get the ball if he passes it. You know, if he brings it up and passes it and is like, ooh, give and go, there's not going to be the the give back is the problem with Scoot Henderson. Sure, but I, I still think he has so. enough talent to put up. No, he, he does. Some decent, I mean, I don't think he's This isn't anti-Scoot. It's more so that Blazer situation. It's anti-Blazers. Like, yeah. A bunch of ball don't right. stop, like, hoopers. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, ball don't stop. I don't know, like, that's everyone on their team. It's just a bucket, like, I, I, whatever. And a problem, a bucket and a problem. Yeah, right. But yeah, uh, Wemby's going to win this shit. He's got so much hype. He's going to be really good. This yeah. Be. Um, most improved, Uh, interesting to note, Maxi plus 1,000, or, 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 yeah, plus 1,000 in second. That's the second uh, highest or second best odds. I don't, I don't know how to say it. I'm not a professional gambler. Uh, Mikhail Bridges is the favorite at plus 800. Which seems crazy. I talked about last year how much he improved. Now, granted, I think it's going to be one of those. If you look at the stat sheet, Mikhail Bridges is going to just, if he just does what he did last year, once he got to the Nets, his stats are going to be way better because once he got to the Nets, he took a huge jump, but he was on the Suns to start the year. So his numbers overall were down. But, yeah. um, I don't really have a pick for most improved. It's like an absolute, like if you like losing money, you can bet on most improved. I came so close one year on DeJounte Murray. I, I think he finished second that mm-hmm. year, and I bet him before the year. That would have been a nice chunk of money. I think it's usually someone that you don't see coming because I think that's part of the most improved is you have to have low expectations. And not that expectations are necessarily low on this guy, uh, and I don't even see his number here, but I'm actually just going to say Lamella Ball because I think people forgot about how good he was, mm-hmm. and if he just like averages more assists now that he has Brandon Miller Whatever. Uh, I mean, they have a bunch of criminals, so vibes aren't great there. But, uh, you know. Um, Lamelo is more comeback criminal. player of the year to me. Like, there is no comeback player of the year award, but I think he would be in line for that. If there was. I, I just think but he's a nice talent. I mean, talent. it's MIP. There's no great pick. 
Yeah, right. So I, that's why I'm just throwing one out there because there, I that's don't fair. think there's really any rhyme or reason. I think I'm like, sure his odds aren't bad. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's like, I like who who won last year? <laughs> bad. Like I don't know. They, uh, they La- always come Lowry. out. Lowry, Lowry Markman. Right. Who who would have predicted Lowry Markman no before one. the year? No. Exactly. So it's kind of just yeah. like. He kind of just got a zag on this award, I think. And I yeah. think people are down on LaMelo Ball despite him being a good talent. So I'm just going to say LaMelo. Here's my uh, zag. Um, the other Nets forward who came over from um, really? the Suns, like Cam Johnson. So I like <clears throat> the path from Axie is clear, but I do. And this is it's so much semantics, but this is how we talk about <laughs> right. the awards so in the dumb. NBA landscape now. Um, Maxie people, they, people see Maxie as a star on the rise. So if he makes the leap to All Star, it's going to be a big leap, but I don't think it's going to catch people off off guard as much as Cam Johnson potentially scoring twenty a game for the Nets and getting himself not into All Star territory, but like closer. And I do think he's going to have a big role. Um, you know, he, I, will he average twenty? It's not guaranteed, but I think he got he already had he already had his numbers go up with the Suns, and then they want to begin with the Nets. Um, I think that they just are such low on options that I could see him having a good amount of touches and he's obviously a good shooter and defender. So I think he can, you know, if the Nets are going to go with kind of the two wings way to build a team. um, Yeah. I think Cam could be in for a good statistical increase. And again, this award is so hard to call, but um, I didn't, I didn't want to go with some third year guy or second year guys because they never win it. Um, The path with Maxi is a good one, but I think, People are like looking for him to improve, whereas they might not be looking for Cam to improve. And I see a path for right. Him that's kind of what that. I, and I that, was thinking about Lamelo. And that surprise, right? Will will catch people off guard. So again, like like you said, bet on this if you want to throw away money. But yeah, my right. my shot in the dark is Cam Johnson. Yep. Yeah. Um, six man of the year. Uh. You know, once again, a hard one to predict because some guy can be elevated to star. So, like, what I'm seeing right here, like, right now, the favorites, co-favorites are Emmanuel Quickly and Malcolm Brogdon at plus 800. Malcolm Brogdon's a little weird because he's, like, he's probably not going to be on the Blazers. The Boston Media Mafia is not on his side anymore. Right, right, exactly. So, he lost his biggest superpower. Um, (laughs) So... What does that do for him? Who's on? Who can we, we get? Uh, probably, honestly, Derek White's probably a great bet. Then I'm actually. Fuck, I'm Derek gonna say White Derek is going to start. No, I, I think that's actually a great pick. I don't know if he's. I, I mean, I feel like he might start. I don't know if they're going to go to the double big lineup. I mean, maybe Joe Mazzulla mixes and matches. But I, I like Derek White as a good pick. But I am might, confident yeah. quickly will be the sixth man, and I think he should have won last year. Annoying um, word to bet on because it's like your guy can just get disqualified for being too good and starting. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. like, cause, cause Derek White, I mean, he is deserving of starting. I, I do, I could see him starting, but I don't know. I don't know if yeah, you want to play Tatum at the four the entire year. I know the NBA is not super physical, but it's just like, I don't know if you want him defending fours the entire year. Yeah. If he doesn't start, I think White's a very good pick, but I'm going to, I'm going to rock it quickly. So, okay. Um, I think a, once again, I think he's going to start. So I, this is why I didn't say him. I and I am going Derek White. Uh, Chris Paul's plus two thousand, and I do think Chris Paul's going to start. But if he does, I think he's start too. if he's on the bench, I don't see any way he doesn't win it. To be honest, because I think he's just going to be awesome, and I think the Warriors are probably going to be very good. Uh, and I do think there's a reason to bench him, but I think he is going to. But I'm yeah. not saying he should be on the bench. All right, defensive player of the year. Um, um, yeah, I'm, gonna, I, I'm going with uh, Bam. I, 
I think Embiid might have a shot with how Nurse wants him to play, but I don't know. I think that Smart, I don't think he's really a candidate anymore, but he and Jaron will kind of have like a cannibalizing effect because they'll be playing together. Um, I don't know. I, don't, I, I just think Bam is always in there, and I think this might be easier now. So we mentioned the all-too-powerful Boston media mafia. Drew Holiday? Defensive player of the year. Oh, he's just a better version mm-hmm. of Marcus Smart. <laughs> Porzingis. I'm, I'm no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying Drew Holiday. Once crazy? again, I'm just gonna Slash go Boston. All Boston. This is the shipping up the yeah, Boston. I mean, listen, the Boston, the, the BMM is strong, man. They know I no was, bounds. So, I do love Drew Holiday. Um, he's a great player. I think he's amazing, and he fits on any team. It's kind of like the Clay Thompson, but a bit more of a defensive playmaking version of Clay Thompson. Like from you know when Clay Thompson was maybe a little better, which is funny because Clay Thompson was drafted later, but might be washed earlier. He fits that mold. However, he has been become a tad overrated. He is a very, very nice player, and he's a very good winning player. I think the the Celtics spent a perfect amount on him, but he does have some history of disappearing in the playoffs and he's not like i don't know he's not he's not one of those guys who rises up every year he's he's a very good player i love him he would have been great on the sixers team as would many players but um yeah that's gonna be my pick and now we're not gonna do clutch player of the year though you can bet on clutch player of the year which luka Doncic is currently the leader which is funny because i'm gonna be honest i don't really remember luka having that many clutch moments uh yeah i feel like i feel like he just takes all of them so when they do go in, you notice it, but it's, be- I don't know. I think Kyrie's. And they're like them. step back three. So they're pretty splashy. Yeah. They look pretty cool. splashy and memorable. And not to say that he's a bad, I mean, not that you're describing him, but yeah, no, he's a, he's a great player. And I feel like I haven't really mentioned him. Like, I, I don't know, whatever. I think the Mavs, I just don't think we'll be showing up in May awards. Uh, and I should mention Shay's like a co-favorite with him, Lillard and Fox, which there's no way Fox wins it twice in a year, but I'm not yeah. giving a pick once again, but I actually do think Shay's a good option. Yeah. As is Lillard, because he's probably going to take the clutch shot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I forgot to mention this earlier with in terms of cap space, and we actually just mentioned his name, which it reminded me. So we're actually going to jump back to Sixers land for two seconds because I'm just going to end on this. Um, Clay Thompson, I'm going to be honest. I th- I think he's going to be a Sixer next year. Is is my early take. I just we're clearing up cap space. We're going to whiff on everyone else. We're not getting LeBron. Like yeah, like, I don't think the Raptors guys are going to want to come. I mean, Pascal and OG. I think OG I could could maybe be convinced, but like Clay Thompson, I think fits Daryl's mold because Daryl likes guys that were good when the Rockets were good, and he's going to be like, oh my god, Clay Thompson, we can we could finally beat the Warriors dynasty, and then it's going to be like Daryl, don't don't tell anyone that the Warriors dynasty is over. Um, I don't know. I think <laughs> I think Clay Thompson is going to be a Sixers. My is I don't know, just my early indications because what are we saving this cap space for? And I think we're going to continue to save the cap space because. I actually kind of agree that our best chance is like doing a Hail Mary for LeBron or, and I, I keep saying LeBron, maybe one of those other guys be, shows interest in the Sixers and, and is a better option. Like OG might be the best option. He might be overpaid and he is always injured. So I guess he fits the team. However, um, you know, he can bring the worst of Tobias, but the worst of Embiid in terms of durability and, and contract. But uh, you know, anyway, I, I just think, it seems like the Daryl move. It also would be a good fit, and it would make things a little bit easier for us. He's also just basically just an awesome Danny Green. So, you know, we know how we, much we love Danny Green here. So, I don't know. What are your thoughts on a potential Clay to the Sixers? It, it would be so hard to imagine him um, 
leaving the Warriors, but they definitely are going to go hard at, after a free agent. And <laughs> it's just so hard to imagine leaving the Warriors. Like, I know they have, they've had, like, but I feel I know, like they've it's just all the reports are, you know, that he's yeah. going to test free agency. And I do think if he has a good year, the Warriors will bring him back. But it's like, how, how much are the Warriors going to keep doing this where they're paying this exorbitant amount on the luxury tax? I don't know. Right. I think, I mean, I don't know. Um, what's there? Joe Laco doesn't seem to be bothered by it at all. I think it's really up to if Clay just wants to move on, if it's just in his heart that he wants to go somewhere else. And Daryl did mention um, during a off-season radio appearance that the cap space plan puts them in a very interesting position because no other team as good as the Sixers will have that that money to splurge. So Except I can see those teams can use the assets play. that they haven't pissed away to create cap space. But we the, our that problem is, is we pissed away all of our assets. So like yeah, if the Celtics yeah. wanted to, they could get cap space or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that I, I think that pretty much... Uh, that's pretty much all I got, Sam. So I uh I know this is your coach two. of the year. Did we say that? Uh coach of the year? Uh you, we did not. Yeah. I also didn't you, think there were odds up. So do you have a pick? Yeah, mini NBA preview for me. I think the paces are gonna be really good this year. I, I'm working on some full season standings now and I have them sixth. I think they've got some young talent in the vets to make a big leap. And so I think because of that, Rick Carlisle will be rewarded coach of the year it's really just coach of the team that overperforms the most right which is why i'm almost not predicting this and also i just wanted to say though i think that's a great pick though if you can bet that somewhere only reason is because rick carlisle is also someone who we've loved despite he hasn't done anything since obama's first term so like (laughs) once again i i just what you gotta always use presidents to to keep it in mind um rick carl and that's the only thing he's ever really done so and I'm not saying he's a bad coach, by the way. I I do think he's perhaps better than than Doc Rivers. I just think we, he gets a pass. And um, I don't know. I, I don't know if I have, like, maybe Adrian Griffin, just because we didn't feel like giving it to Bud. And and now that the, they have Lillard, they might be better. I, I, I really don't know. I don't necessarily have one. Um, I'm not giving it to Joe Missoula because that's the only guy the Boston media blames. I don't think they're going to go back to back. No, wait, he didn't win last year. Mike Brown won. I'm an idiot. But he was a... Um, oh, I didn't even a hear you say that. I didn't. <laughs> he was a finalist in that surprise. Yeah, he didn't win. Brown right. Won. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. It's it's kind of, once again, just look for... I think, I think Rick Carlisle is a good pick. I don't want to, like, take Jack, but I'm I'm kind of... I kind of am. So, Rick Carlisle goes to the year. I'm glad we agree. Um, that's actually more so. I'm only doing that take because of... <clears throat> my hatred of NBA media's treatment of Rick Carlisle. Anyway, um, aside from that, I think that wraps it up. Unless there's anything you want to talk about, I know it's year two of the beat, so good luck to you on there. Can you win most improved writer for the Sixers? I will sure try. Okay. That's great. I mean, I I hope I I didn't tell me yet if I took home rookie of the year honors (laughs) for writers. Who would have beat you out? Uh, They haven't told me yet. Um, On the Sixers beat, I'm not sure. Hmm. I mean, if someone did beat me out, kind of that's depressing. But yeah, no, no word on that yet. I'm sure, I'm sure it's coming any day now. The, you know, the, the awards committee very real, very busy. Isn't Adam still oh, eligible yeah. for rookie of the year because he's like on because he's like 14? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah, he's got a. He's got the Ben. Um. The Ben Simmons rookie. Yeah. Ah, he's he's three peating for rookie of the year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, 
Great yeah, jokes. But- Remember that was all the jokes, all the rage NBA media a few years ago. What a time. Oh my God. Now yeah. Ben has the back of Simpler the times. Hopefully, well, I mean, triggered over the fact that like people are calling Ben Simmons not the rookie of the year. Now I'm like getting mad that people think my, or my not a team's point guard, fucked. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I love that. I actually love that debate. I, <laughs> it's also like, I don't want to get started on this. In the offseason, he was insisting that he's a point guard once again. It's like, yes, dude, you do. That's why it's not working. I'm, well, I'm not talking about Maltz. I'm talking about Ben Simmons himself. Ben Simmons was insinuated, and <laughs> Maltz did too, for what it's worth. He was oh, like, yeah, he's right. a point guard. But, but yes, I'm referring to Ben Simmons saying, I'm a point guard, despite the fact he's very clearly not a point guard. Does he watch any other point guard in the history of the league? Honestly, and this is, we didn't talk about him for rookie of the year because Wemby, whatever. Eamon Thompson's kind of becoming the, like, everything I wanted from Ben Simmons. And it's just, it makes me really sad to watch. And I'm just kind of watching him being like, I love this guy. And he gets to play with Jalen Green, who I also love. Uh, and I'm mad that the Rockets signed Van Vliet because even though I like Van Vliet, I just kind of wanted to be the Jalen Green and Eamon Thompson show. But that's an aside. Um, But yeah, uh, best of luck to you on year two. I hope to hear from you on this podcast. Whether it may be, I know if there's a hardened trade, I would love to have you on or whatever uh, goes down. Oh, yes. uh, Sam, where can they find you? Um, they can find me back on the pod at um, some points during the season, I'm sure, and on Twitter at BySandyJabani or my byline at Clutch Points. Um, I will be on the beat. Second year in the building. Very excited for it. Another uh, eventful year of Sixers basketball. I mean, always is very eventful. So we shall see what's in store this year. Yep, I'm sure it'll be fun. I'm sure everyone will have a great time. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, nothing, nothing but good times here. Uh yes, please read Sam. Uh, we didn't get to the take segment, which I will. I, I actually, with how miserable the Sixer season is, I'm going to continue the take segment on here. Um, since we didn't get to it, and this isn't to cut off Sam, I'm giving a five second take. Uh, and be, just because it's timely, and that is I, and it's one I genuinely believe, and I think you'd appreciate this as a baseball guy. Uh, Clayton Kershaw is not a Hall of Famer. He's not better than John Lester. And oh. that's, that's that's my take. Wow, wow, guy's a fucking fraud. Not a Hall of Famer at not not a, not a Hall of in, in my I, I would not vote for him if I was a voter. I'd be like, this is egregious. Why are we? He is he sabotages his team every year. And I wanted to do it with with oh a take gosh, you might crazy. have. However, he has the most fraud. He has a ring that should not count. I don't think any of the other. I agree there, but his regular season, his awards, his accolades. Like if you think he's not first ballot, okay, I can see. That, oh, I think he will be. I just I just don't think he should be. He he is he he has sabotaged his team every single. He's like if James Harden was worse. So, um, also all of his Amazing. stats came when the Padres were like the worst team in the league. I was like, here we go, we're playing the Padres again. Clayton Kershaw's got two starts against the Padres. Let's see what he does here. Oh my god, he's he picked- had hasn't he had like seasons with ERA below two? He's had he won like he's done so much, man. Padres That's- merchant. <laughs> anyway, that, what a take. Like, yeah, that's I'm, sensational. I, I I can't stand the guy. Um. Anyway, I have a I have a certain type, as you can tell across all sports. Uh, and that's do on the playoffs. Yet I'm an MB fan, so you know, uh, life's been hard. Uh. Anyway, thank you for listening. I'll leave you on that. Uh, we'll have more takes for the season. Once again, thank you to Sam, and uh, thanks for letting me take some of your time. Uh, Phillies have probably done something by now, so go Phillies, or you know, I I want to kill myself. Um, right. Thank you for listening. Till next time.